So what I want to do tonight, I want to talk about decisions, desires, and distractions. Decisions, desires, and distractions. We've all got to make decisions. We all have desires. And distraction is very real. Turn to someone next to you and say, now he's talking about me. I'm going to read uh, Colossians chapter 2, New Testament letter. I'm going to read from the message. And um, I hope you can stay with me because it's quite long. It says this, Paul speaking through his letter to the people who were living in Colos, Colos, whatever it's called, in Turkey. I want you to realise that I continue to work as hard as I know. Let me say it again. I want you to realise that I continue to work as hard as I know how for you. And also for the Christians over at, say it with me. That's the place. These places are very close to each other. It's like Potsdam and Berlin. What are you laughing at? I like my illustrations. It's a little bit like just down the road. And so when he's writing a letter to the the church in Colossians, he's actually writing it to these other guys in other churches around in the area. So just think about that. Not many of you have met me face to face, but that doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side, right alongside you. You're not in this alone. Anyone say amen to that? I want you woven into the tapestry of love in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest. Focus on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. So listen to me saying all the knowledge, all the wisdom of God is embedded in Christ. And if you're in Christ, guess what you got access to? All of the wisdom and knowledge that humanity would ever want to know. You gotta remember this. You've been put in Christ, which means you've got access to all the wisdom. 100% freedom, 100% wisdom. God never gives you 100% freedom without equaling your life with 100% wisdom. Free to marry who you want, but be wise who you marry. Free to live wherever you want, but be wise where you live. It's not one or the other, it's both. Can anyone say amen? Amen. Gonna help you here tonight with your decisions, your desires and your distractions. And it's the Word of God that can help you with this. And you've got to learn to go to the Word for these things. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the riches and treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in this mystery, Christ. He's no longer a mystery. He's personal and real for every one of us. I'm telling you this because I don't want you leading off down some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries or the secret. I've got a secret, I've got a secret, I've got a secret. 
come and listen to me tonight and I'll tell you the secrets of the universe. I'll tell you the secrets of this. I'll tell you the secrets of that. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, in the first century, there was a lot of charismatic people going around with secrets. And they would present things like, tonight we're gonna speak about Noah's wife. Who was Noah's wife tonight? And you're laughing at me, but I'm telling you, this is all documented. These people would go around and they would scheme and they would scam and they would do anything to try and get something for themselves. And Paul's trying to get the church, the young believers to know the difference between charlatans and schemers and scammers. And yet today in the 21st century, don't open that email. Don't click on that link. And we do it sometimes, we shouldn't. What I'm trying to say to you is, God is wanting to help us here. So stay with me, okay? Verse five, I'm a long way off, true. And you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me, I'm on your side, right beside you. I'm delighted to hear of the careful, orderly ways you conduct your affairs and impressed with the solid substance of your faith in Christ, amen? So can you actually be a solid, of substance believer? According to Paul, he was speaking to some. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Christ Jesus, the Master. Now live Him. You're deeply rooted in Him. You're well constructed upon Him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject. Start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words, intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in Him. Everything of God gets expressed in Him. Who's Him? Christ. Everything you will ever wanna know about God is found in the person of Jesus. There's no longer a mystery. No longer mystery. Oh, I like mystery. I like mystery for films and documentaries and TV and Netflix. I love clicking on thrillers. But when it comes to Jesus, there's no thriller. There's no mystery. Everything has been brought into the light. So you've got no shadow of doubt about what God thinks about you. There's no question mark. You are incredibly loved. Loved, loved, loved. Would you let Him love you? That's the big challenge today. Building a church with spiritual orphans is a really hard job. But it's building a, ch what are we laughing at? Is that you, Lord? No, that's the party that happened here 10 years ago. And the after effects are still in the roof. <laughs> Don't be distracted. Everything of God gets expressed in. Everything of God gets expressed in. Come on, bass player. So you can see, listen to me, 
so you can see and hear Him clearly. You don't need a telescope. You don't need a microscope. And you don't need a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without Him. You don't need a telescope. You don't need a microscope. And you don't need a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without Him. When you come to Him, listen to me, when you come to Christ, that fullness comes together for you too. This power extends over everything. So this is a profound letter that the new believers needed to hear because they were under a huge amount of pressure in the first century. You and I are under different pressures. I would say we're under pressure, but not the same. Most things in our world work. Don't want to get into any arguments, but generally speaking, we live in pretty well-established, safe environment. I know it's not perfect, but it's a lot better than what they had in their century. So I think we need to also realize that this letter was put together for us. It wasn't written to us, it was a different audience. But it was collected for us because somewhere in the future, the Holy Spirit knew, knew that the 21st century believers, the Berliners are gonna need this. So let me give you some thoughts from these scriptures today, some context, okay? So let me read another one for you, 2 Corinthians chapter five. These are all from the New Testament. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here, all of this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So in other words, let me say it this way, you've been positioned to win. Tell someone next to you, you've been positioned to win. When you're in Christ, you're already a winner. You're already a winner. You don't have to win, you already won. There's a lot of things, hashtags today. One of them is hashtag love wins. Let me tell you, love's already won. Whatever you want to attach to that, at the end of the day, it's done. Love's already won. There's no battle to win. He's won the battle. He's laid down his life. He's opened the door to possibilities for our lives. And we've just got to surrender to him. That's the problem. I don't want him. I want my version of him. I want lots of options. I don't like one option. But you don't get to choose because there's only one person who's qualified to take the sins of the world. Your sin, my sin, the whole world. Only God Himself can do that. It's not an institution who can do that for you. No man, no woman, no superstar, no theologian, no anyone can do that except God Himself. And so God opens up the doors of possibilities. Though it's narrow, it leads to a broad, broad, big, expansive life. And that's where the freedom comes into it. But He doesn't just give you freedom. He gives you wisdom to enjoy the freedom. How many people have not passed their driving test right now? Give us a wave. You have not passed your driving test. Okay, if you see these people in a car, get, call the police. Stay away from them. 
Give us a wave if you've passed your driving test. You're official, you're legal, you paid a lot of money to get there and you were so grateful when you got the, you're passed. You passed your test, really, for real. Four years ago, four years ago. I don't doubt him, I'm just, just checking. But what I'm trying, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is, is imagine getting the keys to the car, freedom, but you haven't passed the driving test. You haven't gone through the process of being proven safe, trustworthy. So you're putting yourself at risk and you're putting everyone around you at risk. Freedom without wisdom will always mess you up. When I was 15 years of old, this is a true story, my dad passed away this year, so God bless you, Father. I took his car out for a ride. I won't tell you the story, you can talk, because I, some of you look weird when I'm like telling you, I'm trying to tell you a real story, but you, know, you can't handle it, so I'm gonna pull it back. No, 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 no. I will not tell you the story of me at 15 driving my dad's car and getting caught, but no, I won't tell you that. I won't tell you how he caught me though. No, listen, listen, let's, let's keep going. But you've been positioned in Christ and I can talk forever about this because it's the best thing you'll ever happen to your life in Christ. You've got to remember where you live, not just geographically. You've got to remember you've been living, you're living in Christ, not just in Berlin. Because when life goes crazy, you've got to know where you've been called to live. I live in Christ. And whatever the world tries to chuck at you at the end of the day, you're untouchable when you're in Christ because whatever they do, they can't take away from you. You see what I'm trying to say? So anyway, that helps when it comes to making decisions. When you know where you belong, you know who you belong to, it's gonna help you make decisions, it's gonna help you with desires, it's gonna help you with distractions. So here's the first thing about distractions and decisions and desires. So the question I wanna ask you before I get started on this is what decisions are you making right now? What desires that you have right now? And what is distracting you right now? And could, be they, could, be they all, could, be the, could they all be connected? And I wanna talk that through with you. So I'm just gonna give you a few thoughts. Is that okay? Everyone still with me? Yeah. You're still thinking about me driving a car when I shouldn't have been. Come back, don't be distracted. Number one, make decisions from wisdom. Psalm 36, your steadfast love, O Lord, is great as all the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your justice is as solid as God's mountains. Your decisions are full of wisdom. As the oceans are with water, you are concerned for all your creation. How precious is the constant love. Oh God, all humanity takes refuge in the shadow of your wings. So. Let me just talk about this for a moment, okay? Decision-making, every one of us have made decisions to be here. Every one of us made a decision, most of us in this room, for Christ. We're making decisions about who we're uh, gonna do life with. Some of us are making decisions about who we're gonna, uh, boyfriend, girlfriends, relationships. Some of us are making decisions about university studies. Some of us are making decisions whether we should travel to another country, live in another country, get a visa, etc. So, so there's no doubt decisions, decisions, decisions. But how do you make the best decisions? How do you make the best decisions for your life? Have we ever made a decision that it's not been a good decision? Now, let, before I get started, <laughs> Choices and decisions are not always the same thing. Now, I know we're going through multiple languages here, 
but let me give you just the English version, okay? Choices are about today. Decisions often are about tomorrow. Decisions are about where you're going. Choices is about where you are right now and what you want. So choices are a part of everyday life. You don't need a lot of information to make a choice. Am I hungry? What am I going to eat? Pizza. So what I'm trying to say is choices are about simply what food am I going to eat tonight? And me talking about it is just intensified everybody's appetite. But let me say this, okay? Decisions are not so easy in the not so lightweight. Decisions are about not just where you are, but it's where you're going. So you shouldn't be casual with your decisions because you'll pay if you make bad decisions. It's easy to have a moment. It's easy to be aroused for a second. It's easy to be close with someone for a moment, but you can make a decision that can ruin the whole of your life. And I'm not saying that when you make a decision that ruins your life that God's not able to redeem because He is, He's a big God and He does redeem and He does rescue us and He does help us when we make bad mistakes. But what I am trying to say to you is this, you don't have to always learn. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a picture, okay? Elliot, come up here and I'm gonna show you something that I believe can help us to carry this into everyday life. So decision-making, Elliot loves to make decisions. He made some great decisions by living in Berlin. He's made some great decisions by marrying Debbie. He's made a great decision having his little baby boy. He's made a great decision to be a drummer in the house of God. He's making great decisions about his career, his business and his dreams and aspirations. He's made a great decision to support the All Blacks in the World Cup this year. But let me tell you about Elliot. He's gonna be making decisions from three positions in life. So this is one, this is called vision. Come over here, Elliot. This is position number two, this is called status quo. I don't really wanna make a decision. But even that is still a decision. So don't be confused. And over here, this is called disaster. See, what happens in life is we, unfortunately, too many of us make decisions from this area of life. It's pain, it's broken, it hurts, it hurts like hell, and we're forced to make decisions. Now, sometimes it's health. If you don't change, this is the consequence. And so we make changes because now we now have information that is Again, crucial to our well-being, but that is not a really strong decision because you've got other factors now informing your decision-making process. So in other words, it's not coming really from strength. Maybe you're forced into it. Maybe you've got no other choices, but at the end of the day, it is where we do make decisions. We feel the pain and we are listening to that. Pain has a voice in it saying, stop doing what you're doing or else you're gonna pay for it. But in the middle is where most people in Western culture live. I avoid making decisions. Life is good, life is comfortable. Don't talk to me, don't do that. I wanna just delay the decisions of my life. I got another 10 years, I got another lifetime, I got another month, I got another. I don't wanna make decisions about who I marry. I don't wanna make decisions about uh, summer camp, charity water or anything else. Just stop with the decisions, please. Pressure, pressure. And really what this is, is life's good and I just don't want to choose any decisions right now. I can delay my decisions. And we don't really do that vocally or even articulate it. We just have a subconscious, put it to the back. And we don't really get proactive with decision-making. We actually, again, 
we're just waiting. But again, can I tell you, it's still a decision to delay your decisions. I don't wanna make a decision. You just made a decision. So you're always gonna be making decisions. So now you know this, why don't you put some effort into your decision-making capacity? It's called wisdom. Come over here. This is the best place to make decisions. Vision. Vision. Joyce and I moved to Berlin because of disaster? No, vision. I could see you. I could see what God was doing. I could see you before you could see you. For some of you, you weren't even born. I came to Berlin before you were born. You see what I'm trying to say? Like I could see you, God could see you. But what I'm trying to say to you is, is make decisions from vision. That's always going to be the best place for you when it comes. Let your life be full of vision. Why do you make that decision? Because I can see something. I'm making decisions because I can see better days. I can see beyond the craziness. I can see beyond the obstacles, the impossibilities, the negativity. Vision, vision, vision. Be big on vision. Why? For God. Thank you over there. For God so loved the world, vision, that He gave His only Son, decision, that whosoever believes, choices, would have everlasting life. So what I'm trying to say is God is big on vision. He makes decisions from big vision. And I'm asking you, if you want to sharpen your decision-making capacity, you want to be bigger and confident. Well, it's not my personality. It doesn't matter about your personality. It's about your skill level. I can learn new things. I can learn to do better with this. When God gets a hold of your life, let me tell you, your decision ability will improve. Just like your confidence and just like so many other things that God does with our lives. But listen, would you be willing to make decisions from vision? Because I tell you, that's when God's in your life, amen? Because when you can see it, you can do it in Jesus' name, amen? But don't be in the middle here. Well, I'm just gonna delay decision-making. No, because it's not strength. It's more control. And that's not a great place to live your life from. And I don't encourage anybody to wait for the pain and the suffering and the loss before you start making decisions. Don't be forced into making decisions. Try your best to make your life about vision and then make your decisions from what you see in Jesus' name. Can anybody say amen? amen. Thank you, Elliot. The reason I did that is because time's gonna run out for me on these notes. But what I want you to do is to get the picture in your head. Which one are you gonna be? Ouch. Don't wait for disaster before you make great decisions for your life. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't, don't pay the price, seriously, because sometimes it's way, have you ever bought something and found out you paid way too much for it? <laughs> That's exactly what this is. Don't pay over the odds. Over here, it's still gonna cost you, but you'll find a rich return. Amen? Amen. This will put you in debt. This will put you ahead. And I'm just saying to you tonight, be that kind of person. 
because this is how God is. You've been put in Christ to win. So now you're in Christ. Let vision be the one that helps you with your decisions. And that's what Psalm says. Your decisions are full of wisdom. Be that kind of person where there's wisdom in your decisions. Amen? Lord, let there be wisdom in my decisions. Don't just make a decision based on popular opinion or what you think parents think or what they think but listen to your parents if 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 they if they are speaking into your life if they want to help you but but at the end of the day no one's going to pressurize you you still got to make your own decision and i just pray you understand that god doesn't make all your decisions for you but he does lead you to a place where you can make decisions with his wisdom amen that's why he put you in christ you have access to wisdom i, I i'm telling you you don't even have to ask god for wisdom. Just thank Him for it. You've already got it. When you ask Him for it, you're not sure you've got it. But when you know you've got it, just say, thank you for the wisdom, Lord. Thank you for the wisdom, Lord. When you wake up in the morning, thank you for the wisdom, Lord. I'm telling you, He will honour you and He will show the wisdom in the moments that you need it. All right? It's not just about booking flights on holidays, but it applies. <laughs> Number two, bad decisions will rob you and others. Proverbs 13, 23 the poor might have good land that has the potential to produce plenty of food, but bad decisions can take it all away. Listen to what it says in Proverbs. The poor might have good land that has potential to produce plenty of food, but bad decisions can take it away. Listen, this is not just for individuals. This is for nations. You know, there are nations that are impoverished because others took away their birthright, took away the riches of their soil, the riches of their oil, the riches of their land, and they took it and they gave nothing back. This is not the story of just Venezuela. This is not just the story of parts of Africa. This is the story of nations over the centuries, over the millennials. This is what man does, stakes and never gives back. God doesn't do that to you. So don't throw the potential of your life away so easily because you have rich in potential. And so don't be so poor in decision-making that you dishonor the richness of the potential of your life. Listen, sometimes we do learn the hard way, but you can learn. You should learn. But let me tell you, you have so much in you. Don't be so quick to throw it away. Amen. One of the ways so many young people throw the best of them away is what we would call the area of sexuality. Christianity is not some prudish religion. It's basically the most sacred thing that you have. Don't be so quick to give it away. And that's not prudish or even conservatism or, or traditionalism. It's just the reality. God has given you something precious and you should not be so quick to throw the most precious thing that you have been given. Protect it, honour it. And for all of us on this journey, finding out how to do better, we need to understand what God has done for us and what He has given us. And we should value that which is sacred because there's a lot of blessing on the other side. Don't cheapen what God has made very, very precious. And don't let the enemy cheapen it because He will every time. And this is not just some random thing. It's actually the work of Christ in our lives. Make decisions from wisdom. And don't be so quick to run down any path or whatever looks impleasing or appetizing. You've got to have self-control. And that's where wisdom and freedom work together. I've got the freedom, 
but I got the wisdom. I got the freedom, but I got the wisdom. Ah, oh, thank God for two people laughing. I'll take the two smiles any day. But let me tell you, I've been there when there's a lot of tears and a lot of pain. I've been there when we've had to pick up the messes. But you've got to learn to honour what God has honoured. And, and this is just one area. There's many, many areas. So let me just keep talking about that. Bad decisions will rob you and it will rob others. So just keep working with Jesus. And I do believe He's the redemptive God, which means He can work with all of us. We all want to do the right thing, but sometimes we do the wrong thing. But God is still able to work with all of us. Number three, have the right desires will help you with your decisions. You know, decision making really does come down to the desires of your life. And I want to read this, Psalm 51. Don't keep looking at my sins. Erase them from your sight. Create in me a new clean heart, O God. Fill me with clean thoughts and right desires. Don't remove me from your presence and don't take your, take your Holy Spirit away from me. So I love this, clean thoughts, right desires. And I really think it builds on the next one, number four. What your desires, your, what you des, uh, delight in determines your desires. So here you see, again, Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust Him to help you and He will. So here, just stay with me on this, okay? If you delight in the Lord, where do you think your desires are going to come from? You're not going to have the wrong desires by delighting in the Lord. But let me tell you what happens if you don't delight in the Lord. Where are your desires going to come from? Anywhere, everywhere. What I want, not what He wants. So what I'm trying to say to you is desires are going to be in everybody's lives. What are you desiring? What are you desiring? Well, I just don't want to be on my own. Okay, so you're going to do what? To not be on your own? Better to be single than to wish you were single. What else you want me to say? At the end of the day, it's not coming from strength. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. So where are you going to get your best desires from? It's not rocket science because we're not trying to put a rocket on the moon. We're just trying to help you to make great decisions. But your desires, they can come from the intimacy with the Lord. You cannot spend time with Him and have bad desires. Now, yeah, we can know Jesus and struggle with temptation. There's no doubt about that. Every one of us have some level of temptation. But you've got to remember, temptation is what you want. Tests is what God wants. We may be tested in life, but let me tell you, temptation is not the Lord. He will never tempt you to test you. That's sick. That's not how God works. Dads don't tempt their kids to test them. And if they do, stop that dad. No, I'm serious. But temptation is real. There's a lot of things that are tempting. I could talk about food tonight and start talking about sugary things. And oh, I am so tempted. You know, boiled eggs in the morning or a lovely chocolate croissant. I'm gonna choose that chocolate croissant in Jesus' name. But that's just on a sugar level, all right? Some people are savory, some people are sweet. But what I need you to know is, but temptation can happen in a lot of things. And I need you to understand, as followers of Christ, yeah, we are tempted, 
but it's your ability to resist that temptation. And don't think that everybody is invincible. Most of us aren't. But what absolutely keeps us is vision, decision-making, and getting our desires from the Lord. So in other words, all I'm trying to say, if you want to build strength into your decisions, if you really want to have the right desires, you know what to do. That's the problem. I know what to do. I just don't do it. I know, I know. But just keep looking ahead. Don't point to anyone. It's, it's, it's about doing what you know. That's really what everything's about. You've got to learn to understand what the Word is saying. Number five, ignore distractions by staying focused. You know, we've talked about decisions and having wisdom in them. We've talked about desires and where you can ultimately get the best desires for your life. Now we're talking about distractions. And the key to distractions is your ability to stay focused. Let me tell you, if you're making decisions from vision, if you are delighting in the Lord and that's where your desires are coming from, let me tell you, you've already given yourself a huge advantage on staying focused. The people that get distracted often haven't got the right desires because they're not delighting in the Lord and they are not making decisions from vision. They're usually in this park here called, I'll delay it, I'll delay it, I'll delay it. Oh, now I'm paying for it. You don't need to live your life that. Not when Christ has paid so much for you. But ignore distractions by staying focused. Proverbs chapter four. Dear friend, listen to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Stay focused. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They are bursting with health. Keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Ignore all side show distractions. Number six, remove yourself from the distractions. So we're talking about ignoring distractions by staying focused but also removing yourself from distractions. Sometimes we move in very close to distractions and then we wonder why we're distracted. You're gonna be distracted if your phone's by your bed. I need it for my alarm clock. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But hopefully I'm not wasting energy and time and emotion on this. I actually passionately believe what I'm saying is going to be a huge help to all of us, no matter what our age is. Decisions, desires, distractions. Remove yourself from the distractions by remembering who has called you. 2 Timothy chapter 2 Overcome every challenge as a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one for every soldier called to active duty must remove themselves from the distractions of this world so that they may fulfill the satis and satisfy the one who has chosen them. You know, when you've got the call of God on your life, me, you'll do much better with this stuff. People know they've got the call of God, but they ignore it and they don't do well with this stuff. So if you wanna flourish, you wanna move forward, Start declaring that you're called by God. Called always beats comfort. Comfort always gets caught out. I just want to be comfortable. But you're called. You're called out of darkness into the light. You're called to be the light. We've just sang about it. 
But you see, what do you want? Do you want Jesus or do you want religion? Do you want the image of Jesus or do you want the person? A lot of people want to be married until they get married and they're like, oh my goodness, help me, Jesus. I could talk all day about this. You got a problem with marriage? No, I am married, but let me tell you, it's not a walk in the park. You get two people together to walk in the same direction for the rest of their lives and you think it's going to be honey roses? <laughs> it ain't honey roses, Greg, Grig, Griggy. I'm going to do everybody's marriage preparation for now till Jesus comes back. Amen. You will love it. Julie, don't laugh. You and Greg, I'm telling you, you get there, I'm in there in Jesus' name. I'll even come to the U.S. But let me tell you, tell me, listen, listen, stay with me. Don't get distracted. If you want to overcome distraction, just honour the call of God on your life. I'm telling you, called people live differently. They just don't get distracted so easily. They do get distracted, but not so easily. Are you easily distracted? Easily tempted? I tell you, these are the things that you can navigate and I trust we can do this together. And the last one, overcome distractions by filling your thoughts with heavenly realities. Thoughts, behaviour. Thoughts, behaviour. How you behave is always a fruit of your thoughts. If you get negative news in your thoughts, guess what? Your behaviour will follow your thoughts. If you want to arrest your behaviour, you have to arrest your thoughts. Don't have a party with your thoughts. Because if you take thoughts and play with them, they will play with you. And if you entertain them, they will take advantage of you. And then these thoughts will begin to grow and they will bring in their friends and their cousins and their everyone else. And the next thing you've got one thought that's now turned into a party of thoughts and now it's starting to look interesting. And these thoughts now become interesting to the point where now it's looking like an argument. It looks like, you know what? I actually agree with that thought now. In fact, I'm playing with that thought to the point where I'm actually almost... I'm almost on the same side as that thought. I actually almost believe that thought. In fact, I'm so friendly with these thoughts that I'm actually having such a great time with these thoughts. I'm actually beginning to believe these thoughts. And you know what? Not too long later after believing these thoughts, I am living these thoughts. And now the Bible calls it a stronghold. It's got you, you haven't got it. And that's exactly the way the world gets into trouble. You have to arrest thoughts while they're small. Arrest thoughts while they're seed time. And you say, no, in Jesus' Name. I lay my hands upon my head. It's called the helmet of salvation. Amen. That's where a lot of people lose their ways because they don't arrest their thoughts. They play with it. They entertain them. They keep them. They make a little house for them. They put some Ghana furniture. They, they like, oh, let's do, just move in. Let's just kind of hang out. Let's just cohabit. Let's just see if we're compatible. Oh, yes, you like purple. I like purple. Oh, my goodness. We're, we were meant to be together. And before you know it, it's a stronghold. And that's got you. You try and break a stronghold. It is really hard. 
I'm talking lifestyle, I'm talking behavior, I'm talking anything you can think of right now is exactly how you get there. Humans get there because of their thoughts. So fight your thoughts, honor your thoughts, resist the thoughts, protect your thoughts. That's where the battle for all human beings starts, on the inside, amen. That's where you win your biggest battles. That's where the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come to set the captives free. But you won't stay free unless you arrest your thoughts. Ah, but no one can see my thoughts. Yeah, we can see behaviour. We can see your behaviour. Because if you play with your thoughts long enough, tell me your behaviour will tell the world, this is what I'm thinking. Why are you behaving like that? It's because I'm thinking like that. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good church because this is the fight we all have to fight. Oh, I'll just put in a prayer request. Fantastic. Do better than a prayer request. Don't live your life according to bad thoughts, amen. Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Who does He say I am? Who am I in Jesus' Name? I'm a child of God, amen. Fill your thoughts and avoid the distractions. In Jesus' Name, I am loved. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am healed. I am saved. I am His treasure. I am His daughter. I am His son. I am the best. I am in Jesus' Name. That's how you win it. That's how you win it. That's how you win it. So decisions, desires, distractions. That's everyone's reality. But today, you've got something with decisions you can do now. Amen. Wisdom in my decision making. Full of vision in Jesus' Name. Amen. Help me get there, Lord. Desires, I know where I'm going to get the best desires from. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord in Jesus' Name. Amen, 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 amen. And distractions, they happen, but you just got to know how to deal with them in Jesus' Name. Focus, remove, overcome all distractions by simply filling your thoughts with what God says. And listen to me, if you do not listen daily, meditate on the goodness of God. I'm not asking you to read your Bible every day. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm just saying, if you don't feed on the Word of God, like meaning the truth daily, you will fall into deception. How can someone live their life like that when they know Jesus? Easy, it's called deception. And the enemy loves it. And the enemy's absolutely committed to living lives full of deception. And all you gotta do is break the deception by walking in the truth. So choose to walk in the truth daily. First thing you do when you get out of the bed in the morning, Good morning, Lord. Not good, Lord, it's morning. It's good morning, Lord. Some of us are not morning people, so we're like, good Lord, it's morning already. I feel like I just went to bed. No, wake up in the morning, just say, good morning, Lord. That's what I do every day. That's my prayer, number one prayer. Here I am, Lord. Today is the day that you have made. And I will rejoice and be glad. 
The best prayer after that is thanksgiving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the last prayer at night, I give it all to you, Lord. I give them, I give the church, I give everyone. I give Yemi, I give Livy, I give everyone to you in Jesus' name. I give my wife, my dogs, my cat, my, well, I don't have a cat, but you know what I'm saying? I give everything to the Lord, why? Because I sleep much better. Do you know how to sleep? Give it all to the Lord. You know how to run? Give it all to the Lord. But my prayer is tonight that you're gonna do something about your decision capability. You are a wise child of God. You will make wise decisions for your life. You will delight yourself in the Lord and your desires will be honourable and they will be godly and they will be delightful, amen? He will give you the desires of your heart because you're delighting in Him and you will have the ability to resist the distractions and they're in abundance in Jesus' name.